The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. It's so good to have you all here today. We have a very special guest, Gordon Davidson, who is the co-founder and president of the Center for Visionary Leadership. He's the co-author of The Practical Visionary. He's also co-author of Spiritual Politics and Builders of the Dawn, and his most recent and newest book, Joyful Evolution, A Guide for Loving Co-Creation, with your conscious, subconscious, and superconscious self. And he's going to tell us all about that. Gordon, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Cheryl, for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. It's great to have you here. So where are you today? I am in San Rafael in Marin in California. And with a beautiful sunny day, it's going to be in the 70s. And uh, we are extremely blessed with extraordinary weather here almost all the time. It is so true. It is so true. That's why we love California. We certainly do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want to go on vacations. I just like to stay home. I I get that. You know, I understand that. We both travel a lot for our work, our business, and so staying home in the beautiful California sunshine is always a treat. It is indeed. (laughs) So, Gordon, we really want to get to kind of your whole perspective on how we as individuals can better our lives and can live our fullest purpose. Mm-hmm. You've been doing work in this field for a long, long time and have become a voice for thinking a little differently about how we resolve some of our emotional, mental conflicts, some of the... the um, dilemmas that we face as human beings as we move through this thing called life on this planet. (laughs) And um, let's talk a bit about your whole premise for joyful evolution. Yes. um, Well, this came out of both my long experience of working with many, many groups of all kinds, spiritual groups, business groups, communities, um, and also my own personal experience of um, after many, many years of work and meditation and study and practice, I still wasn't feeling fully joyful. And I wasn't feeling like I was really fully engaged at the levels of my own being that I wanted to be. And so I started exploring also what are the causes of these dynamics that we always see within groups and within ourselves of inner conflicts and difficulties and conflicts between people. And I really, after a lot of depth looking at this, I felt like the core of the whole issue is in the subconscious. That people, we don't really understand the subconscious very well at all. You know, there have been thousands of books written about higher consciousness, but almost a handful of really deep books about the subconscious. So 
I uh, started working with this and studying and meditating, and what I came to is that the subconscious part of our being is unique. It is very different than the way most people think about it. it it's not really uh, a, 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 like a, the, the, the shadow area, the raging id that Freud said it was, that it's this part of ourselves we have to be very careful about keeping it under wraps and under control. Because, in fact, the subconscious, nor is it a, a reprogrammable computer that you can just put in new programs and get new output. It actually is it's a living part of our own being. It's actually a living being. within. It's part of us. It's alive. And it has its own consciousness and its own way of functioning. And when we begin to understand that, I have discovered that it is possible to actually change any difficult pattern that people find within themselves that is are causing them difficulties. So that if there's issues with um, you know, parts of you that don't want to go along with your higher vision, if there's internal conflicts between different voices within yourself, if there's parts of you that are conflictual with other people, you can actually, when you understand what's really going on with the subconscious, you can change those patterns completely and permanently. I have done this with hundreds of clients all over the world. I've been doing it for seven years, and I am very sure and know that this is, this is possible, which is a whole new idea in psychology because mostly psychology is giving you that idea that you learn what your patterns are, your, 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 even your, your pathologies, your ways of living, and you adapt to them. But to me, that's not good enough. And I know you can change these patterns because I have done it with many, many people. So you call this arena multidimensional psychology, which, as you explained, um, differs from traditional psychology. Yes, yes. And the, the reason for that is I've worked on clarifying what is the true function of the different levels of our being. So we all are fairly familiar with the conscious self and who we are on a day-to-day basis. People call it their personality. Um, and we know that that is a part of us that, that manages our life. But in many ways, there are things that happen within our conscious self that we're not really fully in control, which is patterns arising from the subconscious. And then we also, many of us have a long... Many of us have done a lot of work in connecting to the higher dimensions of our being. People call it the higher self, the soul, the, you know, different, the higher aspect of our being, and looking for vision, guidance, purpose in their lives through that connection. And so that is, that is the, the higher dimension of our being. The, the challenge is, how do we bring all three of those dimensions into functioning, harmonious, co-creative relationship. That's what I'm working on, is doing, being able to do that so that when you have a vision from the higher dimension of your being, that that vision, you, you as a conscious self can register that and can accept it and work with it and formulate it and then work your, with your subconscious to actually implement it because the subconscious is a part of our being that has the capacity to make things happen. And if your subconscious is resisting or not really fully in, on board with what you're trying to accomplish from the higher level, it makes it very, very difficult. So and it's like making the subconscious your friend and moving through life in collaboration. Absolutely. And, and your subconscious has so much to contribute to your life, and it really gives you the, the competencies that you need 
in all kinds of different areas, including um, your your ability to carry out and, and maintain really good relationships with other people, which is crucial to anyone's success, right. as as well as the, all of your innate capacities. You know, if you're gifted as a writer or a speaker or um, all the things that you do well, a lot of those gifts are available through the subconscious, which is also the source of tremendous creativity, which is where people get these creative ideas, which comes a lot from different parts in the subconscious. So it's learning about these parts and really working with them is the key. And it, 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 it is possible, when you, and it's all about how you hold your subconscious. See, we've had this whole image of the subconscious as this dark, shadowy place that's kind of dangerous. That's right. it. In my experience, that is completely not true. In fact, the subconscious is always trying to help you. It's always trying to assist you to be safe, secure, and, right. and, and have pleasure and avoid pain and all these things. It's doing many wonderful things to you. The difficulty comes in that it may use strategies to help you based on things that have happened in the past. It comes up with right. a strategy to avoid further pain or harm from a particular right. type of person or situation. And when it launches these strategies that it uses, like fight, run away, you know, become invisible or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. it's pretty much nearly impossible for many people to control those, those impulses from the subconscious, which is what we call reactions. Well, and you quote a statistic that I find absolutely amazing, that Harvard researchers found that 95% of all people's decisions are actually made by their subconscious rather than their conscious mind. That's right. Oh, wow. I know. It's extraordinary. That was a six-year study on motivation that they did, and they came to that conclusion. Now, I think if people are somewhat more conscious of that, I don't know if that percentage holds true. It would be somewhat less, but still a very high percentage because what happens is... The subconscious is what provides the, the, mot- the motivation, the impulse to do something. If your subconscious wants to do something, it will provide a lot of energy to move in that direction. And then, and then you'll feel that impulse, and then the, the conscious self with the rational mind will come up with a, three, four very good reasons why that's the right thing to do. But nonetheless, it, the source of that choice is actually often coming from the subconscious. And, and, and so what that indicates to me is it's extremely important that we come to understand very fully and deeply what the subconscious really is and how it works. Because then we can work with it and it no longer is working at cross-purposes to what we're really wanting to achieve in our lives. And, and that is, in fact, what many people struggle with is, you know, people are trying to create things or manifest a business or manifest a, uh, a project, and there's parts of them that say, oh, you'll never do this, you can't, you're not good enough, you know, you just don't have the skills, you, you're not enough, you can't make this happen. Or, or, or parts of, the, of your subconscious, in your subconscious, that really don't believe having success or having money is a good thing. And, it, you know, it's, it's right. telling you that and it's resisting the whole process. And, and that can totally short-circuit and sabotage. It makes me think of the phrases being in alignment with or um, being in support of or mm-hmm. having a common purpose. It's just like you would, you know, if you were working on a team in an organization. Right. You, know, you would right. want all that happening, and we can actually 
increase our levels of success working in those situations by actually doing that internally with ourselves. Absolutely. This is one of the key key things. What I've, what I've discovered is that the subconscious for many people is kind of like in a semi-awake state. It has certain drives and impulses, and it, it wants to have certain things achieved to protect you and feel happy and safe and all those things. But it, you can actually wake up your subconscious. Hmm. And the way you do this is you do what I call telling it the truth of its existence. Because there are many parts in the subconscious that, um, for example... Um, we have like what I call reflecting parts. For every significant relationship you have in your life, your subconscious creates a reflection of that person within itself. It's not just an image. It's actually a living energy that exactly like a holographic model of that outer person your subconscious creates in order to know how to relate to that person and get its needs met. But what happens is that part of the subconscious starts to believe that it is that person. So it always functions exactly like that outer person. So you'll have this part in your subconscious, say your inner mother or inner father, who will continue to operate and speak and use the voice of your inner mother, your inner father, and and exactly sound like them. And this is why people carry these patterns from their parents. This is how it happens. But when you tell that inner mother or father the truth of their existence, which is they're not that outer person, they actually live within you. They're living within you. They, and, and, and then they, and you tell them that they're free to change and grow and evolve. At that point, they, they're liberated from having to always act like your outer, its outer counterpart. Then you tell that part that because they live within you, they share the same soul as you have. And because they share the same soul, they share the same soul purpose as you. And, when, and that their highest purpose is to help you together fulfill your shared soul purpose. So I have to ask, Gordon, how did you get to this belief? I mean, you know, this, this is really counter to what has been practiced in personal development and in creating higher consciousness for decades. Right. You know, and... And and it's very creative, and it it certainly you know kind of tweaks everybody's um, kind of uh, really understanding of all of this. How did you come to this? Well, I it was through a process of I studied with various people and experimented primarily experimenting on myself and working with different processes. And I studied a lot about what's known about the subconscious. But I would say the primary source was through my own meditative effort. In other words, I, I really would take a problem or an issue like I was dealing with. I had this issue where I always had to be number one. I had this big power part of me that always wants to be the best and number one. And it was interfering in, with my relationships and making me competitive with other leaders. And I didn't really like this part of myself very much at all. And so I started working with it and and going deeply, deeply into it and understanding why that part is there and why it functions the way it does. And then realizing that it has a sole purpose. It was trying to achieve good. It was trying to do good things. But there were elements within it, attitudes of, you know, always having to be the best and compete with others that were interfering. And so I began to just dialogue with this part and work with it and help it to understand that, 
I appreciated what it was trying to do, but there were aspects of what it was doing that were very counterproductive. And I was able to actually help this part to change. And, but the key thing is you can't force any part of your subconscious to do anything. You can't manipulate it. The, the secret to this work is you have to create a loving relationship with this part of your being, these different parts in the subconscious, and then help it to understand how it's not really helping because it's trying to help and how it's interfering, and then get it to make a free will choice to adopt a new way of helping, which it will do when you explain to it this, this new way. And you explain to it exactly how you want that part to function. So well, I'm... and you have some very practical steps for us to get to that. And we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to ask you to walk us through some of that so that we can get to our own joyful evolution. We'll be right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and today we're speaking with Gordon Davidson, the author of Joyful Evolution. Gordon, in the last segment, you did a really great job of helping us understand just what this stuff is, multidimensional psychology, this whole process that you have discovered and you utilize to help people to resolve internal conflicts, to shift patterns, to understand how to live with, live in collaboration with their subconscious and utilize it to support our success. So you're very practical, which I appreciate very much about you. And in your book, you show that there are very specific ways, very specific steps that we can take to help us get there. So share a few of those with us. Yes. Well, the first thing, the first step is we have to change our understanding of who we are and, the, and understand the true function of us as the conscious self. Your true function is to be the guide, the facilitator of the relationship between yourself and your subconscious and the relationship with your higher dimension of your being. And you're bringing all that 
you're conducting the orchestra of your being. So the higher part of you writes the music, you are the conductor, and your subconscious is the orchestra. So you have to bring that whole orchestra into coordinated, rhythmic, harmonic playing together. So what we do is help people change the attitude towards the subconscious, first of all, that it's not a dark, dangerous place. It's actually a part of you that is trying to help, that does have love for you and is trying to support you, but has patterns that may not be useful. Then I have people develop a clear intention that they want to have a loving, co-creative relationship with their subconscious from now on. So you have to clarify that intention within yourself because you can't fool the subconscious. It knows exactly what you really feel and what you really intend. So you have to be actually sincere about that. Okay, so restate that. Restate what we would say. Okay, so you you go in within within your own heart, your own being, and you you clarify, do I really want to have a loving, co-creative, cooperative relationship with my subconscious from now on? And once you clarify that and it's clear within you, you do, then the first thing you do is stop ever thinking or saying anything about your subconscious as the shadow, as the dark, as as anything negative. You only think of your subconscious in a positive way because your subconscious is extremely sensitive to your your thoughts and the energies that you direct towards it. So it's very important to change the whole paradigm of how you how you think about and relate to your subconscious. This is crucial. Now, for some people, they have patterns in the subconscious that are very difficult that they don't like, and that does happen. So in order to really have enough, what it's really about is love. You're learning to love your subconscious totally and completely and accept whatever is there as it is and just fully allow it to be there without any resistance or judgment or anything else. For some people, that's very difficult. So what we do is I invite them to connect to that higher part of their being, that their soul or whatever you'd like to call that, and bring more love into their being and then radiate that love to the subconscious. So the subconscious starts to feel that there's something different is happening. You are actually approaching it with love and acceptance and, uh, and honoring it. And the first response that people usually get is, it's about time. Where have you been? <laughs> and so then you've open, then you open it. You can open a dialogue with it, mm-hmm. and you treat it very respectfully, like you would any relationship. It's like developing a relationship with a with a part of your being. It's mm-hmm. you dialogue. You you find out. You ask the parts in the subconscious what is it you need. What is what are your concerns? And immediately things will come up for people that have been trying to be communicated to you probably your whole life. And 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 what happens is that the the patterns in the subconscious will become more intensified trying to get you to pay attention to them. What I've seen is as soon as you start giving full attention and love to your subconscious, about 50% of the intensity of the patterns in the subconscious recedes because 50% of it is trying to get your attention. Once it has your attention, then you can the, the intensity of the difficulties will, will, will lower, and you can begin a conversation, and you can begin to dialogue, and you can begin to understand what is really going on there. And that becomes extraordinarily amazing, because what you learn from your subconscious is why you function the way you do in every aspect of your life, because the subconscious patterns have so much to do with 
all the ways we function, consciously or unconsciously, our habits, our patterns. And then what, we, what I normally do is I start with um, any part, say there's a part like a, an inner mother, inner father that was a difficult, say you had a difficult inner mother, let's say, and she was on you all the time, criticizing, you'll never amount to anything, you're merely a mess, you know, oh, you're just, you know, why can't you do anything right, right? That's going on from your inner mother. It's still there, just like your outer mother was, because that part is, is just repeating the patterns that it learned from being that reflection of that outer person. So what you do is you explain to that part, the inner mother, that you want to have this loving relationship. You explain that its purpose is to help you fulfill your shared soul purpose. And then you explain to that part that, that, that when they do, you tell the part, when they, she does that, when she's criticizing you, this is how it affects you. It makes you feel small or weak or helpless or whatever it is, whatever the effect is. And then that part in your subconscious will usually, almost always, will say, oh, I didn't realize that's what was the effect. I was just trying to make you a better person or something to that effect. Mm. And then you say, well, yes, I appreciate the effort behind it, but it's really causing me tremendous difficulties and problems. And would you be willing to try a new approach? And the part says, yes. And then you say, how about you become a tremendously loving, supportive presence for me? You're, giving me your, you're cheering me on. You're supporting me. You're helping me in every way possible. You're giving me the benefit of your wisdom, but without any of the negative criticism aspect. And the part will say, well, I'm, I, don't, I, I think I can do that. Well, yeah, and maybe there'll be some questions, and you dialogue until you get to the part, gets to this magical moment when it says, I will do that. Hmm. And the, when the part says that, and they will, they always will, what has happened is they have made a free will choice to change the way they function. And when the part of the subconscious makes that choice, free, freely chosen, you can't manipulate or force it into it, when it makes that free will choice, the problem disappears. And it's permanent. Because that part has made a choice to function differently. And you're using the principle of free will with your subconscious. So you say that the part of the subconscious will always say yes. yes. Will always say, I will help you. Will always say, oh, I didn't know that, and I'm, I just meant to help, and I can be yes. different. Ultimately, oh, ultimately yeah. yes. However, it, it, ultimately, absolutely yes, always. But in order to get to that point, there may need to be some in-depth discussion about the pattern that the part is carrying out, why it's doing it, you know, I was just protecting you. And, and, and you also have to help the part realize that it can change. In other words, it has to come to its own understanding that it's not that outer person. It is an inner reflection of that person. Well, now, do you have to do this, like, for every person? For instance, if you had, like, the mother you described, and then you had a father like that, or you had teachers, or you mm-hmm. have bosses or colleagues mm-hmm. um, who you've had interactions with that just kind of left you kind of stinging, um, do you have to have the conversation with the subconscious around every one of those? Well, the, 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 what, what, cre- what causes the creation of an inner reflecting part 
based on that outer person, is the um, length and depth of the relationship. So if the relationship is, is extended over some period of time, you know, or, or it's been a very intense relationship, the part will create an internal reflection, reflection of that person. Yes, okay. and then you go, and but once you 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 start doing this and you do it, it, it's not as difficult as it sounds. I mean, this is where there is an art to this as well. It's not just a formula. There is an art to it, and and this is where having the guide helping you who knows how to work with these parts, at least in the initial phases, is very, very valuable. My goal always is to teach people how to connect with and create their own relationship with their subconscious so that ultimately they are doing, they can do this themselves. And I have many, many people that I've taught to do this. And it's not that difficult. But it's very helpful in the beginning to have someone take you through the process several, multiple times until you get a feel of how you do it and how to dialogue and how to approach the, how to make the right kind of alignment so the energy is right so that the subconscious will open to you. All these things, there are some, there are some subtleties to it. But, but overall, this is not like traditional uh, therapy. This is guiding people to become their own evolutionary uh, facilitator of their own unfoldment. And, and, and create that synthesis of the, the, the multidimensional synthesis of the three cells, which they can do. And, but, they, it's, but it is helpful in the beginning to have help. I can hear our listeners now saying, where have you been all my life? And, and the other question is, how fast can I make this happen? Um, because, you know, we all have, we all live with those reflections of the outer person. We all live with um, those parts of the subconscious, and I, I like the way you re, you say that the, these reflections of an outer person are parts of the subconscious, and so having a conversation with that part of the mm-hmm. subconscious mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Yes, and a lot of people will say, you know, when you ask them, they're in the middle of a tough decision, and they'll say, well, part of me think feels this way, and part yeah. of me feels that way. That's exactly what it is. There are different parts in the subconscious who have completely different voices and different uh, agendas and different ways of approaching things. And, and there can be conflict between these parts within the subconscious. There are also, there are actually four different types of parts in the subconscious. We've just been talking about one type, hmm. which is the reflecting part. There is also what I call stage of life parts. And this is as we're growing up and unfolding psychologically, if there's a trauma or a, a lack of development at a specific stage, like preteen or teenage level or at any level, if there's a lack of development there and if it becomes like a, a fixation at that stage and so people will continue to function at that stage of life like an inner teenager can become the, the governing, uh, driving uh, power in the subconscious. And you have people acting out all kinds of strange teenage behaviors like, um, you know, our Congressman Weiner, who was acting like a teenager exploring their sexuality by doing all those wild things which made absolutely no sense and was completely... Irrational, but that part of his being, his inner teenager, had never matured beyond that certain level of the way you experiment with sexuality to try to understand what it is, which is what teenagers do. <laughs> but that, you know, that, that he, he, his inner teenager was stuck there. So you can have parts that are representing different stages of life. You can also have what I call past personalities, which are beings who represent experiences we've had in previous lives, because I do 
anyone who's done a lot of deep work with people in, in, uh, in, in any deep level, many, many people, even people who don't even agree with this idea, have discovered that there are very well-developed past personalities in people's subconscious that represent previous experiences. Whether, whether you, 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 you accept reincarnation as a hypothesis, which is the way you can hold it, these, these, these uh, parts of the subconscious do arise in many, many, many people. And so it's hard to deny that there's something going on there that is definitely uh, something, other parts of us that we've, we've lived before. And these parts can be extremely powerful and influential in the patterns that we carry. And, and so the, I would assume that then that part of the subconscious is actually brought in with us as we come into this world. That's right. That's right. That's right, and then and, and, and there's very. I, I I could give you a very detailed technical explanation of how that occurs, but I don't think it's that no. necessary. Um, but I think so. As we, it's like you learn. It's like mapping an unknown land here. You know, you go in and there's all this amazing psychic geography, things going on in your subconscious, a whole cast of characters, and all this amazing things happening. That once you, once you have built that loving relationship with your subconscious, it will open to you, and it will communicate to you, and it will reveal itself to you. It's not that difficult. And that's when all of this incredible magic can happen, and that you can change the things that have bothered you your entire life, and you can gain this deep understanding of all of what's going on there, which is revelatory. And you have things you need to teach your subconscious about, you know, the truth of their existence and who they are and, and what their true function is and, and how they're related to your higher purpose and all that so that they can become cooperative, co-creative partners with you. So it's like you build this inner team. So I have people describing, once we've done this with people, I have them described as their inner court where they have their, and they're the king and queen and, you know, and then they have all the, the courtiers around in their court or they're the inner family or the inner, the inner management board or, you know, there's many, many different ways that people right. wind up uh, talking about this, but it, it, it's getting them all working together. So you can actually create a council. You can bring them all together and have a council meeting with all the key players as well as your, your, your representative of your higher self as a wise right, man right. And a wise woman at the table. And then you have a whole process where you get everyone's views. And when you bring everyone's views into it, the kinds of decisions that you make are much more balanced and whole than just trying to do it with one, just you trying to figure things out. You know, and to me. So, Gordon, we're going to need to take a break. Um, but when we come back, we're going to have a whole lot more to talk about. And I'm curious about these um, four, let's see what you called them. There are four archetypal presences, warrior, magician, leader, and lover. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that when we come back. Okay.
whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and we are speaking with guest Gordon Davidson today, the author of Joyful Evolution. Okay, Gordon, so you've really stretched us here. You've really taken us to the edges of what is probably comfortable for a lot of people who are in this um, world of leadership and everyday business and corporate life and working with clients and in this world of sustainability. You know, we have such a vast audience. And you say there's even more to this. So I love the way you have described archetypal presences in Mm -hmm. our life. So you name them, warrior, magician, leader, and lover. Talk about those. Yeah, well, those those are some examples. I mean, there are many others. But, um, yes, I think... um, the um, magician is the one who is capable of creating what seems to be miraculous change. But in fact, when you understand how things work, you actually, there's always a real process to it. And it's in a sense, it's a scientific process. I mean, that's one of the things about this work is everything I'm sharing here is based on years of experimentation, developing hypotheses, testing and retesting and replicating the results so that I can confidently say and know that when I say something is, does function this way, it actually has been proven through many, many hundreds of people's own process that this does work this way. And, and that, that everything I'm saying is based on that kind of... So the magician knows, knows the science behind ma- the apparent magic, okay? That's, yeah. the, the, we all have warriors within us. The warrior is the uh, part of us that's very strong, powerful, will is always in the protector mode. And so a lot of times we'll see the warrior show up in people in the protecting parts of themselves. Like we all have an inner child. I haven't talked about the inner child, but the inner child is very important and brings a sense of fun and joyfulness and inquisitiveness and especially creativity. The inner child is very related to that. So, But your inner child has to feel safe. And if there were experiences right. where the inner child did not feel safe, the warrior part of our being can come in and adopt a very protective function in relationship to the inner child. So it will be, can be very aggressively protective of a person 
So a person can be outwardly uh, a little bit intense and, 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 and even aggressive because the inner, their inner warrior is protecting their inner child who's been wounded. So it's understanding how these par- parts function in relationship to each other as well as, you know, in relationship to you and the world is it, very, very revealing. Um, but the warrior brings tremendous gifts of strength and, and um, you know, power and, and will and perseverance and, you know, all those wonderful gifts that are extraordinarily necessary to really, you know, succeed in life. <laughs> and then the lover, of course, is the, 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 the feminine uh, aspect usually. It's, it, not always, but it, it, it's in the sense that it brings great sensitivity to beauty, to to uh, other people and their feelings and their ability to hold in great love uh, another person and, and hold a loving space for them to become their highest and best self. That's really the truest love that I know. You're supporting and holding another person in love and helping them to grow and unfold their, their own essence. And this is really the true capacity of, of, the, of the lover. And, of course, being able to have a, a loving, passionate relationship is another part, aspect of that. So it's all there in that archetypal lover part of our being. And then, did I say, lead, was leader the other one? Leader, yeah. Yeah, the leader is always that part of us that has taken responsibility, has held power, has held um, tremendous um, gifts of vision, and, and even charisma and the ability to mobilize other people towards a, a higher vision and knowing how to work with people and how to draw the best out of them and really, uh, and this is all based on, you know, massive experience that we've had. Right. Yeah, and, and, the, and the archetypal presences are like a synthesizing um, part, a synthesizing presence within us that will bring together the, the patterns from many different lives around that particular capacity, which is, in this, in, we're talking about leader, in the capacity to lead. So all the times where you've ever been a leader in any capacity or in any way mm-hmm. gets synthesized into the archetypal leader part of your subconscious. And these are very powerful and useful parts of your, your subconscious. And, of course, they may have some patterns within them that need to be transformed, like I had with my leader always wanting to be number one. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> really right. Working with that to the point where it's okay to follow as well as lead. It's okay to, you know, in trusting that, you know, if you're following your highest inner vision and your inner guidance, everything that needs to happen in relationship to your leadership will occur in its own way. Well, you know, sorry to interrupt, you and I work with leaders around the world, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've seen this, where patterns or behaviors or approaches that these leaders have taken most of their lives that have made them very successful, that have um, helped get them to the level of CEOs, etc., it seems that they're somewhere in later stages of their career. What I've noticed is that these same behaviors that have made them successful no longer are having that effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, is there, why is that? Do you see that? Yes, I do. I do. I think because there's a tendency when you've used certain patterns of functioning to achieve success to think that that's the answer and therefore you always 
move forward using that pattern. And, if, and as people get older, those patterns tend to get more and more rigidified and more and more extreme in their expression. And so whereas what's really needed in that time is to call on other parts of their, their being that have other capacities. Like, you know, there's a natural evolution and, and maturation for, for leaders to grow into a mentoring, guiding function. Right. And I, I, I have this thing I call the oak tree theory of leadership. The oak tree theory says, you know, there's this mighty oak there that's this great leader. But to me, the true evaluation of how great that oak is is how many little oak trees are growing up under the shade of that oak tree that they're nurturing and supporting to grow. And so when they die and they cr- the tree crashes, there's all these other oaks coming up that they have nurtured and mentored and brought forward. And a, and, a, and a true leader has that capacity to do that, whereas um, leaders who are, are fixated, they're always, they, they can even accept the idea that they won't be there someday, you know, and so they resist all other leaders, and they, there's always this paranoia and power struggle and all this thing that happens. So I think, you know, it's, there, there's evolution needed at every stage of that person's life, of a leader's life. You know, you have to be able to change and adapt and expand and develop new facets of yourself at every stage of your career. You know, that's fascinating because um, what I have seen with this type of situation is that that rigidity that you describe is really what gets in the way. Yes. Um, and and I, I like the way you say that, you know, it becomes magnified. Um, so maybe it wasn't even experienced in the same way by other people, you know, but when it becomes magnified and more rigid, yes. then what in the past may have been acceptable or people were, were seeing a willingness to make slight shifts or alteration in that leader, it suddenly is gone. Yes. And so this now affects not only how they lead, but how others are experiencing them, and then how others are making choices and decisions about the organizations that they are helping to run. Exactly, exactly. And, and of course, as a, as a leader rises up in, in, in influence and becomes, like, say, CEO, everything in them is magnified. Mm, right. Every aspect of their being, and even the slightest little things start to show, you know, are, are more evident to everyone because they're right. in it such visibility and and so I, and we've seen you know countless examples of how these tiny flaws in people when they reach those kind of positions can ripple out into the whole organization and sometimes bring its entire downfall you know and you think about companies like um, you know um, well Enron and many others you know there's always right. there's always these things that happen so well even like BP you know um, when the oil Spills happened, and you know, in the Gulf, and it was just absolutely amazing how their CEO seemed to be acting a little bit like a teenager. Yeah. One of his first major comments to the press was, "Well, you know, I'd like to have my life back. I don't like this either." (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Wow. Right. 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 Yeah, it's a complete, it's a complete self-centeredness rather than. Any any kind of sense of responsibility, which is, you know, true maturity, is being is being willing and able to take responsibility for larger and larger uh, holes or groups of people or in organizations 
but not in the sense of just using that position for your own glorification, but actually realizing that you as a leader really are serving the people that you're, le- you're leading. And you really have that the highest form of leadership is the sense of being you're in service to everyone and you're giving to them and you're giving them your best and your highest vision and your highest effort and learning how to collaborate and work with others. See, if people have developed this collaborative relationship within themselves, so they actually can work with different parts of themselves, then it's so much easier to have a collaborative relationship with others. But if people have, you know, kind of cut themselves off from other parts of themselves and just see themselves doing it all from their own effort or a couple of parts of themselves that are that are most dominant, then they, they, they don't find it easy to collaborate and to accept that other people have gifts to contribute. Other people have insights, have other people can help help you avoid tremendous mistakes and <laughs> bad decisions, you know? That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because if you've had the experience yourself, then mm-hmm. one would be more willing to trust that they can have that experience with other people. Exactly. And, you know, this goes to my favorite saying that I use to sum up a lot of this work, which is we love our neighbors as ourselves. <laughs> exactly the way we carry, we, we treat ourselves and think about ourselves right. and relate to ourselves is exactly how we function in relation to other people. I love that. Yeah, that, that yeah. Really it, 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 it just says so much about the whole, it, it, it says so much about the world and where, yes. where we are in the world right now and how we see what, what is going on. So, and there, there are a lot of tips that I also can give, you know, very practical things about... Um, giving yourself some time each day to send love to your subconscious and affirm your clear intention to have a cooperative relationship with it and listen carefully to its response and its concerns and dialogue with it and ask your subconscious, what does it need from you? This is especially useful with your inner child because the inner child, even though people think, ah, that's just childish, no, the inner child brings a quality of, joyfulness and creativity, tremendous creativity. This is why you see these very successful Internet companies like Google, Google and Microsoft, and they have these playrooms where people go and just can yeah. play because it stimulates the inner child, which stimulates creative ideas. And they do this very consciously because they know that this works. Um, it's also taking time to listen to the wisdom of your soul or your higher self and, and really listen for that higher guidance about your life and what you're meant to do is extremely helpful. Um, And and another thing is really focusing on self-acceptance, appreciating yourself, and loving yourself. That is so crucial. And focusing on all your gifts and your capabilities and appreciating and valuing them, doing that within yourself. Because so much of what people do in the world are what I call love-winning strategies. They're doing things you know, to, to hopefully then they will be loved if they're rich enough or beautiful enough or powerful enough or, or control, control enough. People will respect me and love me. Well, that's a perfect place for us to end today, appreciating yourself so you can appreciate others. I absolutely appreciate you, Gordon Davidson. This has been Thank a delightful you. conversation today. And I know people are going to want to know more about Joyful Evolution. Um, where can they learn more about that? Yes. You can go to our, our website, which is joyfulevolution.net, 
Um, we have my book, Joyful Evolution, which is a handbook on how to do this work, as well as explaining the whole overview of it. And I'm also offering a training here in in Marin County in California starting in early December. Uh, it's a training for people who would like to learn how to do this work and guide other people. Um, that's also available on the website at joyfulevolution.net. Fantastic. The book is called Joyful Evolution, a guide for loving co-creation with your conscious, subconscious, and superconscious selves. Gordon, I'm sure this is going to be highly successful. Thanks so much for being with us today. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And remember, everyone, to think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.